I sure hope you Mary Martin fans are really enjoying this conversation I'm having with Ray and Cindy about Mary. So I've teased you. I've teased you. The next show, written by Richard Rogers and Oscar Hammerstein, is South Pacific. Is there a bigger hit show maybe ever in the history of musicals? Oh, a few have run longer, but between you and me, I don't count Andrew Lloyd Webber. I don't like him. I love Rodgers and Hammerstein, and I love South Pacific. And there's so much about this show to love. It's a great story. It is beautifully directed. The orchestrations are incredible. The songs, some enchanted evening. I'm in love with a wonderful guy. I'm going to wash that man right out of my hair. Happy talk. Valley high. Uh, they're just Every song practically from the show becomes a hit. Ezio Pinza is Mary's leading man. Ezio had been an opera singer. He was Italian. He was middle-aged. He was very sexy. And it's what the part called for. This is the beginning also of Mary playing parts that are really kind of younger than she is. By this point, Mary is almost 40 years old and she's playing a young 20-something nurse. Uh, Mary would keep doing that for most of the rest of her performing life, playing parts much younger than she was. On the stage, it's, it's not that big a deal that people don't play age-appropriate parts. There's no camera zooming in for a close-up. And as long as you are suspending disbelief that a bunch of people just burst into song and dance out of nowhere, if you've, <laughs> if you've suspended it that long, you can suspend disbelief that 40-year-old Mary is playing 22 or 23-year-old young Nellie Forbush. The show, is also, <laughs> the show is also a big deal because it dealt probably for the first time on a stage about bigotry. You've got to be taught to hate and fear. Yeah. It was very controversial. There were a lot of conservative people out there whose reaction was, who does Rogers and Hammerstein think they are? Who do they think they are to tell us how to think, how to believe? Mm -hmm. But they felt it was terribly important to make the point. Basically, the basic, basic plot is that Nellie Forbush, Mary Martin, has fallen in love with this French planter. They're in the South Pacific during World War II. She's a nurse. He's got two Polynesian children because at mm -hmm. one time he had a Polynesian wife who died. And maybe they weren't really married. We, we, we kind of winky winky at that one. And Mary, as Nellie, can't commit to him because it would mean her raising mixed race children. And heavens to murder Troy, what are people going to think? Yeah. And in the end of the show, of course, they. Uh, do get married they do get together she embraces the children mm -hmm. i must tell you this show is important to jeffrey mark personally there's another song from this show called dite moi yeah that's the first song i ever sang in public really when i was four years old i was put on a stage with a penciled in mustache and a beret 
And that is the very first thing I ever sang on a stage. So for, for personal reasons, I love this show so much. And it's a great show to learn from. Each of the singers sings in a very different style. Everybody's doing something that is truly unique to their own personal talents. So everybody gets a chance to shine. And th this, this is the show that turned Mary from a Broadway star into a legend. This is the show that really put Mary on the map. Did Mary enjoy doing this more than any other particular uh, player or movie? No, sir. There is another show coming up after we talk a little bit about Mary and television, which is what comes next. The next Broadway show Mary does is the show. It didn't run very long, but if you know Mary Martin, you know the next show, and the next show is Mary's personal favorite. But we'll get to that soon. So South Pacific has a tremendous Broadway run, and then Mary goes to London and performs it on the West End there. So she's now a legend on two continents. While she is in England, in fact, in England, Larry joins her. Larry Hagman joins her and, and lives with her for a while. Noel Coward saw South Pacific and wrote a show for Mary. I believe it was called Pacific 1860. It required Mary to sing in her uppermost soprano voice, which wasn't as good as it used to be. The belting out of Annie Get Your Guns songs and South Pacific's songs in her lower chest voice, her, her soprano voice, which had been strong before that, she had trouble singing the score. And it wasn't Mr. Coward's best score. The show never came to New York. She did it in England. It ran for a while. It wasn't a flop, but it was not an enormous success for her. And it ruined her friendship with Noel Coward for a few years. They were angry with each other, each blaming the other. It wasn't a very good follow-up to the enormous success of South Pacific. So Mary instead turned to television in a very unique way. In 1953, mm -hmm. the Ford Motor Company bought time on CBS and NBC simultaneously. And they put on this thing called the Ford 50th Anniversary Show. It ran for two hours with no commercials, just the Ford Motor Company presents in the beginning. And at the end, the Ford Motor Company presented. Wow. In between was an enormous amount of talent. And Leland Hayward was producing it. And Leland, Leland came to Mary and said, look, we're doing this show. It's going to have two or three hosts who will do several things during the show. We'd like you to be one of them. And by the way, how would you feel about doing a number with Ethel Merman? <laughs> and wow. Mary said, great, I adore Ethel. Then Leland went to Ethel Merman and said, we're doing the show. We'd like you to be one of the three hosts who does many things during the show. How would you feel about doing a number with Mary Martin? 
Ethel says, I love her. She's wonderful. She's magic. So both ladies think they are the co-host of the show and that the other one will be on the show just to do the one number with them. There's a problem. Well, the number was this medley they put together. People refer to it as the medley of I songs because certainly that was a part of this great big 10 minute medley they did together. But they soon found out they'd been hoodwinked. And in fact, Merman did do other things in the show. But since we're talking about Mary this time, uh, Mary was indeed one of the hosts and did a wonderful sketch that Don Pardo, who was the announcer for Saturday Night Live all those years, is his big break on NBC television in 1953. He narrates this. And it's Mary changing. It's, it's the wardrobe of the 20th century, how women's wardrobe and looks have changed from not you know, in the 50 years of the Ford Motor Company. And it was brilliantly done. Mary was very, very funny. She didn't sing. She was clowning, maybe not unlike a Lucille Ball. And people went, my goodness gracious, no wonder she's so good on stage. She's really funny. But what everybody remembers from this show, besides Wally Cox and Kukla Fran and Ali, and a whole bunch of wonderful, wonderful, wonderful people performing, they bring Ethel Merman and Mary Martin out. Ethel sings there's no business like show business. Mary sings I'm in love with a wonderful guy. And then, hey, Mary, let's sing some old songs. And they begin to sing the music of the last 50 years together, some in duet, some individually, some in counterpoint. And then Ethel says, hey, Mary, let's sing some I songs. Like, I cried for you. And I'm forever blowing bubbles. And with each one, the ladies get a little bit louder and a little bit louder because Merman whispered in her ear before they went on set, hey, Mary, I'm going to sing louder than you can as a gauntlet thrown down. So these two dames begin to really push the envelope, but not to the detriment of the other. They were too smart for that. Too much, too professional for that. But they encourage mm. each other to be at, yeah, come on. We're going to put on a show here. Let's give them what they're looking for. They're looking for us to be in a battle. Let's pretend we're having the battle, but they both come in the finish line at the same point. Mm. And uh, <laughs> the, the eyes turn into, you know, I'm going to wash that man right out of my hair. I get a kick out of you. And then Mary sings, uh, My Heart Belongs to Daddy. And then they start singing songs in counterpoint. They went back to Mary's nightclub days, Ethel singing one song, Mary singing another. And then the two of them stopped the show with There's No Business Like Show Business. <laughs> it was so well received. It was so well reviewed everywhere that Decca Records actually took the kinescope they made of the show, the live show, and took that medley off of the kinescope and released it as a record and it sold hundreds of thousands of copies. Uh, it became a huge financial success for the ladies, 
but really, really, really set them up as the premier women to contend with, not only on Broadway, but now on television. And Ethel and Mary got the top money television paid in the 1950s to do television specials and guest appearances on other people's shows. At least Ethel did. Richard Halliday was very protective of Mary. So Mary did indeed do two or three specials in the 50s. That's it. She was never a guest on anybody else's show. She wasn't all over the place. Mary Martin on television was special and rare. Where Ethel became a regular performer, where, you know, almost every month or six weeks, Ethel would be on somebody's show or hosting a show or having a special of her own. Mary, Richard kept Mary much more rarefied. In fact, Mary Martin never appeared on the Ed Sullivan show. She wow. never appeared on What's My Line. She never did a game show. She never, she didn't do that. You know, she wasn't the guest on Carol Burnett's show or Dinah Shore's show. Richard kept her rarefied so that if she appeared, it was this great big deal. Ooh, Mary Martin, wow. The next thing Mary does is Peter Pan. Mm -hmm. Peter Pan had a long history on Broadway of middle-aged women binding down their breasts, lying in the air, and playing the part. And a musical version was mounted. One of the very few times that more than one composer and lyricist team were used on one show. And Mary got to sing Never Never Land. Mm-hmm. I'm flying. Mm-hmm. I won't grow up. Mm-hmm. And it was put on television. And it was such an enormous hit on television. The same show was repeated again, like two or three months later, live again. And people remembered it so well that in 1960, they did a color version of it. I mean, these were all in color, but the color version was now on videotape. So you could see it in color everywhere. That 1960 version was replayed every year for decades. And it is still today a top-selling DVD. And I will tell you again, personally, that one of the reasons why I'm in show business is because of Peter Pan. I saw in a very short span of time, The Wizard of Oz and Peter Pan. And that little girl, Dorothy, and that little boy, Peter, I knew I had to be up there and do what they were doing. So again, very important to me. Mary is very important to me personally. She she is one of the main reasons why I am talking with you today because I devoted my life to show business. This is Hitting the Mark. I am Cindy Verbalin along with Ray Carr. We are talking with the wonderful Jeffrey Mark today about Mary Martin.